The modern habit of doing ceremonial things unceremoniously is no proof of humility. Rather, it proves the offender's inability to forget himself in the right, and his readiness to spoil for everyone else the proper pleasure of ritual. C.S. Lewis Bending, Not Breaking, Season 3, Episode 2, The Headband. And welcome back to another episode of Bending, Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this is Ben Pruitt. And we are so excited because we have a special guest. And I know we say that every week. But this time it actually is a special guest. Um, it's not Max. We took a microphone away. Don't from say Max, Max isn't special. Well, he's always a special guest. But like we he, we took the microphone away from him um, because we have a, a, another special guest. I'm not going to say a real <laughs> special guest. Another special guest. There we go. Um, one of the phenomenal hosts of a podcast that Ben's definitely talked about a few times, and we, we've mentioned on the show before, uh, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Uh, ben, who do we have on the line? Y'all, we have Casper Turkile with us, and I am so excited. Like, I'm a little giddy. I'm shaking a little bit because this is just such a cool experience. And so, Casper, you're here. How are you today? Yay. <laughs> Hi, guys. So great to be with you all. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for introducing me to Avatar. Like, this is a whole new world for me. I'm very excited. So you've never seen an episode before this? Uh-uh. No, I've heard people talk about it, and um, but I've never, I've never like dived in, dove in. Um, so today was the day, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> well, excellent. So you, I'm glad we were able to convince someone to watch it because we've been trying to convince Max to watch it for two seasons now, and he still has never <laughs> seen an episode. Um, so Come on, Max. We're excited. Come on, Max. Uh, so we're excited that you uh, that you enjoy it. Hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, this specific episode, the headband, through the lens of ritual. Uh, mm. And my understanding is that's a pretty uh, significant and important lens to you. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm about to release a book called The Power of Ritual. So this is very much on my mind. Um, I've been thinking for a long time about uh, the way in which we build connection to one another, uh, but also to ourselves, to, to landscape the natural world and also to the transcendent. And I've become really interested in not just kind of formal, like traditional religious rituals, but also very much the everyday rituals and how they can help us live a life of meaning. So, you know, turning, what can we learn from from walking the dog? Uh, what? Let me say that again. What can we learn from pilgrimage about taking the dog for a walk? What can we learn about Sabbath, about turning off our phones? Because um, I think these old traditions have really interesting uh, uh, principles that we can apply to, uh, you know, to everyday life. And it, I, I was impressed, actually, that ritual was the theme for this episode because there was a lot of ritual activity so in much. the episode that we watched. Yeah. So I don't know if you chose that specifically, but that was really well planned. Yeah, I think it was roll of the dice. I think it was just a, it, it it played out well. Especially there's a lot of things, and we'll jump in. We'll do a quick recap of the episode. Uh, uh, ben, if you had to, if you had to recap the episode in a headline, what wh how would you describe this episode? All right, my headline for the episode is Ang gets a chance to experience normal life ritual. Hmm. Period. 
That seems low. Normal seems like an interesting word. In yeah, I don't know. Maybe normal is the right word. <laughs> Fire Nation ritual. <laughs> um, but ultimately, now, uh, Casper, what was a moment, as someone who's never seen the show, what was a moment that really popped out of you out of the, at the 23-minute runtime where you were like, oh, okay. What was a, a kind of a takeaway moment for you in the, sh- in the episode? See, my my headline would have been Dancing Sets You Free. Um, Ooh, I love so that. That's so much better than mine. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> yeah, I was really struck. You know, we we see um, right all these school kids are, are very much kind of like disciplined. There's there's really no room for individual expression. Um, and then Ang is our central character. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So he like is 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 playing at some sort of beautiful horn instrument in orchestra and can't help but dance as he's moving along and and realizes that this is something very unusual and then kind of gets uh gets all the kids to come out to the cave where they where they're staying secretly and host this epic like dance party which I feel like would have been uh <laughs> not unfamiliar to uh my sisters who grew up what much more rebellious than I did and would like go out to the forest with their friends and have like epic rages while I was at home studying <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i was definitely the person at home studying too i was definitely the one out in the woods with the ragers so, <laughs> so that moment that you just talked about really stuck out to me too so i i, I kind of want to ask you a question about it so ang is it seems like ang is so at one with himself and comfortable with himself mm. Uh, and this is true throughout the series but in, it really appears in this episode and so like he's so almost unaware of these social norms that he's experiencing that are the, that are pressuring him and he's so unafraid of sticking out and whether that's in music class whether that's just mm. in class class and it makes me like the the emotion that kind of came up for me was like grief or sadness to think about yeah. the creativity that is being curbed by what may be ritual in our schools and so i'm curious like my question for you is uh can ritual be uh right a negative thing tell me about that what are your thoughts on that yeah well it's it's important to distinguish a couple of things here i think first of all the direct answer to your question is absolutely yes i mean ritual is powerful and it can be put to you know very dangerous use if you think about Nazi Germany, of course, is the, is the ultimate example. You think about the goose stepping, you think about the military parades, you think about the language that was introduced to to, to signify loyalty to to the Führer, right? Like ritual is powerful because it moves us. Um, but I think the school system is interesting because we see both ritual, but we also see habit. And it's important to make a distinction between those two. I think habits are things that we do every day, right? Brushing your teeth, putting on socks, hopefully, uh, you know, what, what, what Whatever we do habitually, just, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill stuff. I'm but, hit or miss but, on both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that was true. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, but, but I think there's a difference between, you know, what takes something from a habit to a ritual is if we bring kind of an intention to it. If, if, we're, if we're saying, you know what, I want to do this action because it will remind me of, you know, this person that I love. Or I, I'm, I'm doing this action because I want to feel connected um, to the place that I live in, right? Or I want to, you know, that there's some, there's some intention behind the action. And then there's attention paid to the action while you're doing it. Um, so that, that's kind of step two is really being present while you're doing it. So it's not just 
um uh you know sometimes we we listen to podcasts or we listen to music and it's just kind of background that that's not what i mean it's it's a real sense of presence and then the third thing is to repeat it over time so you've got intention attention repetition those are kind of the three ingredients that take something from a habit to a ritual um so i i i, I you know it was interesting for me to see um, some of the behaviors that you see in school, like for example, Ang learns that you have to bow to your elders in the Fire yeah. Nation, um, right? This really powerful moment of, of, of respect. And it was interesting because I think in that first time, you know, he's being introduced to it and like literally the way he's holding his hands is not quite right. And so he's learning to do it. So in, in that moment, you could say, yes, is it a ritual? Mm, maybe, because I think it'll become a habit maybe more than a ritual. That's so interesting. I, I, Hadn't thought about that. Can you just repeat those, uh, the three steps that you mentioned yeah. for us? Yeah. So you want to bring an intention while you're doing it. You want to pay attention. And then over time, you want to repeat it. So there's repetition. So if you think about, for example, um, you know, a, a, a classic one might be, um, and, and I really want to say that I'm always interested in the everyday rituals, right? Like, yes, you can have beautiful, like, mountaintop ceremonies and, like, the most amazing, like, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and that's fantastic, those peak experiences. But I I'm really interested in the everyday. So one ritual that's been really important to me in my life is um, the idea of a tech Sabbath. So especially now with the news, you know, there's, there's kind of such overwhelm. Um, I, I really try and just carve out a day every week from Friday night to Saturday night where I turn off my phone, turn off my laptop, and um, I, then I light a little candle and sing a little song that I learned in, in summer camp. <laughs> it's a Dutch song because I grew up speaking Dutch. And, um, and for me, it's become this really powerful ritual because it, it signifies this transition between kind of the, the work time and the time of rest. Um, and, and I think that's, that's when you have those, that, that, you know, that's really when you see the power of ritual is it kind of, it marks a change. It's, it somehow signals like something is different um, because we're doing this thing. That's really my favorite definition of ritual is that it's, it, it doesn't make things different. It makes things real. So it's really like it's pulling you in to the, to the very kind of presence that, that you are. It, 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 it's helping us be really conscious that we're alive, you know, that this is the moment that we have. I love that. And it's interesting to me because if we're looking at him in, in school, I, if we're looking at ritual through that definition, saying the national oath every day is exactly. something that I feel like could be very intentional where someone's paying attention and, and doing it for purpose. Maybe the teacher sees very deep meaning in that, um, yeah. but maybe the students don't. Or depending on the lens you're looking at it, going like, oh, that's kind of scary that they force totally. kids to say that like every single day uh and and pray to the uh the fire lord um and so you're like oh that's more terrifying yeah in case I you didn't attention. catch on casper the fire nation is uh the antagonist <laughs> essentially in this yeah. series i um, i got that <laughs> yeah just just to make sure <laughs> like yeah. well and is... and it's so and it's Go so ahead, interesting casper, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was really interesting that you see that kind of, you know, the, the, the morning verse, as it were, or, or some sort of, you know, communal saying, the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Like in, the, in, in a school context here in the U.S., you know, you see that first and then later you see a, a very clear narrative of the Fire Nation's history, which completely, you know, turns out to be untrue, right? With, and Ang interrupts it and says, you know, the, yeah. the, the Air Nation didn't have an army. It was a massacre. Um, and so I think those two things are intentionally 
connected, right? Like that we're learning these words by rote and then we're learning a history by rote and, and neither one is really being given any air to breathe or, or interrogation to see if it's true. Uh, so true. Um, one of the biggest moments for me that pops out in the show is, is w- sometimes when I think ritual, I interchange that with tradition and I don't yeah. know, um, if that's always warranted, but, um, and then when you get to tradition and you challenge it, the answer of, we don't do that here, um, <laughs> is one that's in- incredibly personal to me. Um, both Ben and I, we've worked summer camps and honestly, when you try to make changes where there's tradition, um, oh boy, <laughs> it, 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 people, we don't do that here, right? Like that's such a common answer. And so yeah. when you hear that in the episode or when I heard it in the episode, I, it, it, pulls a cord we were both taking notes at the same time and, and we both like, audibly sighed <laughs> um and, <laughs> and so how does that what is the difference between ritual and tradition and is there a right way to to challenge those rituals or traditions um yeah in moments like that like we don't dance here well we right. should right so how, right. how does that play into the our our own personal world when you get the answer from a friend oh we don't do that here um well it's such a beautiful question because I think when we hear the word ritual, we often think, you know, especially maybe religious traditions, right? Or, or, or traditions that seem very um, stuck or stayed or, 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 you know, unchanging. One of my favorite things to remember is that literally every tradition was once an innovation. And very often what people mean when they say it's a tradition is actually it's what I grew up with. It's not necessarily true that it's much older. And we see the same in this episode, right? When they're like, oh, there's no dancing in the Fire Nation. And Ang is like, well, actually, I know some like old <laughs> Fire Nation dances from like 100 years ago. And so he's uncovering the real tradition, which sits underneath this kind of veneer of like a fake tradition. Um, so the first thing I always say is like, be very suspicious when people are saying, oh, it's tradition. That's not to say dismiss it out of hand, but but to be skeptical of this sense of like, oh, we don't do things like that. Um, the, the other thing to say is that, you know, I think ritual, when it's alive, it's always changing, right? Because the culture and, and the I historical context which it's in is changing. Um, and I learned this from from some wonderful Catholic nuns who were in their, you know, 70s and 80s, who were always thinking about, you know, their expression, and these are their words, their expression of religious life is a specific historical and cultural response to the gospel, a radical response to the gospel. Um, and so if they're trying to hold on to something that was true 200 years ago, they're actually failing at their mission because they're not faithfully responding to that call in this moment. But it's very difficult for people once they're in charge of, let's say, a summer camp or, or a church where, where you know, the safe thing is to do what we've always done to then try something new is very scary. Um, but I think real ritual, when it has a beating heart, and even tradition, when it has a beating heart, it is always changing. Otherwise, it becomes, um, you know, it, it, it just becomes what we've always done. It's not actually alive and serving its purpose. I love that idea and concept of it, like the vision of it being alive, of it mm. having a, a pulse and it breathing, because that's like, that just is so in tune with every time I, excuse me, every time I've heard that phrase of we don't do that here, it just, it feels like the breath has been sapped out. Right. In a it's way. like a death and, knell. 
Yeah, it's exactly right. Like, uh, yes. And so I, I really love that visual. Um, that's really helping me pin this. I appreciate that. Well, and I, I think we see it in, in the episode as well, right? Like when Ang is playing music, like he's moving, he's dancing. Like it's so embodied, like literally the aliveness is in his body. Um, and, and I think the other kids can't help but like be curious about it, right? Like they kind of want that too. And then they get it and it feels fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that specific moment to me with a question I kind of wrote down was, does ritual stifle creativity? And mm. now that we're, we're talking about it, I don't think it does. I think there does, there has to be an intention about how do you breathe life into creativity through ritual yes. Um, yes. rather than as a way of shutting it down because it's something that's different. Like if you have to move, just march in, in time and, and don't do anything else, um, yeah. uh, which is – yeah, so ultimately I go, all right, so if we're doing rituals all the time, how do we? How does that keep us from being our true, authentic, creative selves? Can it be a barrier? Um, well, there, the there is we something about it, yeah. There is something in that, though, which is important, that it's very easy once you start talking about ritual, like, oh, it's great, it's cool, we should do it all the time. Like, no, um, it, it, it's, it should be a, a time out of time, right? Like, we can't live in that reality all the time. It, it, it would be exhausting, <laughs> right? Like, you can't, you can't have a dance party all day long, right? Like, you need, you need times of, of, of normalcy and, and maybe those habits. Um, and then you need special times. Like, I think about, you know, if you think about a calendar, if you're traveling through the year, it's not a feast day every day. Um, because then it's not special anymore, right? So you're gonna have you're gonna have normal time, and then you're gonna have feast time. Um, and I think the same is true with rituals. Like you know, your 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 day isn't gonna be filled with one you know beautiful ritual after another. There's there's gonna be some times where you just have to do the dishes or you know email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I want to circle back uh, to something we were talking about just a second ago that really reminded me of um, something that Brene Brown likes to talk about. There's a running joke mm. on the show Casper where I mention Brene Brown in every episode. <laughs> Love um, Brene Brown. But essentially, she talks about in The Gifts of Imperfection, one of the things that she talks about is how we have to uh, laugh. Laughter, song, and dance is integral to being wholehearted. Yes. And yes. one of the things that I noticed in this is that those things were kind of being held back. And yeah. what Aang was doing is he was, as you talk about this living, breathing, dancing while he, like, he couldn't hold it back. It was alive. That's the visual that came up for me because the mm. the vision that she brings up is she's um, when she says try to be cool, everyone yes. like folds their arms, holds back, uh, isn't moving and is still, and it everything dies when you try to be cool, right? When you try right. to um, not be judged by your peers, and so I, I'm it's really interesting for me to think about how ritual can get us out of um, mm. that. Um, how does that resonate with you? What does that sound like for you? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is I, f I feel like, again, we see that in the episode. I can't remember the like the schoolyard bully's name, but we see this older guy who's, who's physically strong and he's got the girl, you know, that whole setup. He is so challenged by Aang being on campus, being in the schoolyard. And the moment when the fight breaks out is when he's kind of... Um, uh, inviting his his girlfriend to dance, right? Like it's that invitation to freedom, that invitation out of cool and into 
you know, alive um, that really threatens him and, and he ends up becoming violent. You know, this, this I love traditionally that. masculine response, right? You so, don't love that uh, he's becoming violent. No, no. That's no. true. Yeah, no, I love <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you for the clarification. No. <laughs> I love when toxic masculinity rears its ugly head. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, right, 100%. Um, so so I think we see it in the episode, but I, I really love that idea of, you know, needing to laugh and cry and dance, you know, just to be human. Um, and that rituals can help us get there. I, I think of uh, Desmond Tutu says the same thing. Like he tries to laugh and he tries to cry every day. Um, and honestly, I think this is maybe what this points to for me is that ritual in its ideal state often is social. Right. It's not something that we do just on our own, but it's something that we share with one another. And, I, you know, certainly for me, laughter comes easier when I'm with other people. Right. Um, and so, you know, whether whether it's a, a ritual meal, right, like just sitting down to dinner together and asking everyone what, you know, a rosebud and a thorn from the day. Right. Can be very simple. Um, or maybe it's it's time to, um, you know, maybe you, you buried a pet outside or, or a loved one has passed and you want to remember them and you tell stories about them and it brings a tear to the eye. Um, you know, th those those are the things that ultimately are what life is all about. Right. Like that that sense of connection and meaning. Um, so I think rituals are often like a bridge to help us get to that place. Um, you know, often it's funny. I, I really believe in this idea that like you give the gift to the world that you actually most need yourself. And like, I'm always so resistant to ritual. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, right, what are we gonna do? This is so cheesy. Or like, no, I don't wanna do it. And then once I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, actually, this is really great. <laughs> um, but I but I think that's, that's how it can help us. It kind of gets us beyond that like, yeah, what you were describing, that kind of, uh, that chilly reception or that sense of, you know, emotional detachment and, and the cool factor, which ultimately you're just standing by the side of the room while everyone else is having a great time. Yeah, I think two things kind of popped up for me, especially as Aang's trying to learn the cultural norms that are kind of set for him, um, yeah. is one is, you know, there's, there's a moment where he kind of gets invited into it. The, the girl shows him the right hand position that he's supposed to bow with and, yeah. um, and teaches him. And so what's the importance of kind of being invited into habits or cultural norms? Um, yes. and then two, the other, uh, big one is, is there, is there a privilege in being able to act outside of those or to push back on them as opposed to trying to fall in line and fall into that situation of like, I need to play it cool because there's a, Absolutely. a safety, um, issue that it, that could arise if i don't do that even though you're not getting to be your authentic self um absolutely and so what is yeah. the importance of having someone invite you into the intention around rituals yeah. traditions cultural norms yeah this is actually one of the things that i'm most passionate about and and if the book can do anything for its readers it's that i want people to feel a sense of spiritual permission this this sense that like you're being invited in that you're being authorized to do something that you don't you know you have all the permission that you need to to make rituals in your own life um i grew up without any sort of religious background um uh, and and as a gay guy, I was always very suspicious and hesitant about ritual and religion. Um, and so for me to feel kind of invited in by some mentors, I had a wonderful mentor in the UK who said, hey, like you keep wanting to lead people in song during these activist trainings. Like, what's that about? Let's let's discover what that is. Or, you know, once I was in divinity school, professors who said, well, you know, if the you know, if, if these if these traditional sacred texts don't feel like they belong to you, why not? 
explore, uh, you know, reading a, a text that does feel like yours as if it's a sacred text, which of course we ended up doing with Harry Potter. Um, so I feel like I've been given such permission by people who've, who've kind of opened the door into a different way of thinking about the tradition. And I hope to do that, you know, for, for, for folks through the podcast, through the book, through, through all my work really, because uh, otherwise it just feels like these kind of I don't know, these ivory towers that are closed off or these big grand cathedrals that don't feel like they belong to you. Um, and I, I really want to kind of democratize that that sense of meaning making, just like what you do on this podcast. How do you kind of find spirit or, or in your everyday life? Mm. How, how do you how do you find that that thing that's <laughs> meaningful that gives you that that same feeling knowing if a church is in that place? Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah. And it's not always easy, you know, and, and I, in some ways, it's really interesting to see Ang in this episode because he lives this very unusual life. Right. And, and he's entering into a school and for everyone else, it's like, oh, it's just another day with, you know, geography class or something. But for him, it's this adventure because he, he just gets to be normal, exactly like you were saying before. Um, and I think for us, maybe it's more like the opposite. Right. Like we, we live a day after a day after a day that can feel, um, you know, pretty pretty repetitive sometimes and it's like how do you find these glimmers of of the divine right like these these sparks of really feeling alive in the way that you're like oh yeah that's what it's about um that's not always easy so what comes up for me as you talk is that moment towards like i think three-fourths of the way through the episode where Sokka is called normal and it's like yeah what came up for me is like it's it's hard to appreciate normal our daily rituals, if you will, until they are disrupted or taken from us. Oh boy. So, yeah. so in the middle of our recording right now, we're recording in the middle of this pandemic. And I like, there's this collective grief in our country and in mm. the world. And it makes us like, man, I really miss going to work. I miss my drive because I got to listen to all my podcasts and I got to do yeah. all the things and there's just this loss of ritual in a way. And I think that it's so much harder than to kind of rebuild ritual yeah. in this moment because we are, it's a completely new schedule with a completely different group of people. And like, what's your response to that? Cause that's, that's just where my brain is right now. Oh yeah. Well, I, I'm curious. What are the things that you found that you're like, Oh man, I really miss this. You, you mentioned like, you know, their kind of travel to work and listening to podcasts. Like what have been some other surprises for you? Oh man, my love languages are physical touch and quality time. Yes. So that is, that is not <laughs> what I am getting. Um, those are two things you. that have been severely disrupted. And it's so interesting to me because I think right now it's, you're also dealing with this loss of ritual and then you also start comparing levels of suffering, right? So like- yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm allowed to work from home, so I can't feel bad because so many people aren't. Um, and yeah. ultimately, that's not healthy either. Like, that's not that's not how right. feelings typically work. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can you can berate yourself, but it turns out you're still going to feel them. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I think for, for me, that's tough because you, you, you have to balance that. All right. So I'm losing ritual, but I'm, I'm potentially helping other people stay healthy. Um, yeah. And then there's all these things that kind of bum me out, but I shouldn't be that bummed because there's definitely people out there that have it worse than I do. And how do I yeah. process all of this um, when these rituals, like my morning commutes where I get to put on my favorite album or podcast, like right. that doesn't happen anymore. Um, right. And yeah, so it's, 
it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. I, I'll I'll share with you what my therapist told me, which was like, you know, don't be ashamed about the sadness that you feel, right? Like that. That I realized I was like kind of embarrassed by, but that I was sad. Um, and it. So I, you know, that that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Is like it, it the, the the comparison of suffering is just a losing game from the beginning. It, it here, doesn't here. help anyone, you know. Um, but on, on this sense of like the lost rituals, the thing that's really turned up in my life that I'm like, wow, I really miss this. Uh, my like weekly soccer game, not that I play, my team that I follow in the UK and, <laughs> and, the, t and the international tennis season. Like honestly, when, 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 the, when Indian Wells, which was the first like big tournament that they canceled a few weeks ago was canceled, I just like had a little cry. I was like, no, because I realized I use sports as, a, as kind of a, a, a way of marking rhythm through time you know it gives it gives structure to the week uh, of, of knowing oh the games are going to be played on saturday then i listen to the podcast that comes out on wednesday about the game you know blah 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 and it i think partly what it feels like for me and maybe the same with you with the with the commute is like it's this this endless stretch of time right like the, the traditional boundaries of like we're in this phase now we're in that phase we're in this place we're now in that place like that, that that's gone away and so I think one of the invitations for us is to think creatively about are there new rituals that can demark time together? Um, so I've had more time at home with my husband than I've had in months, which has been lovely. And and just being together while, honestly, he cooks dinner and then I do the washing up uh, while, while we cook dinner. <laughs> um, that That's kind of become my new anchor. And I think I think that's so important to like find the new, find the new rituals even amidst the, the changed world. And then give those things intention, attention, and repetition. Yes. Look at that. Good students. A plus. We're learning. <laughs> <laughs> things are happening. <laughs> What's well, interesting, you mentioned cooking, because I honestly, that's probably the number one thing. Breakfast in the morning and getting up and actually having time to cook breakfast yeah. in the morning is not typically something that I do. And same. it's something that I do every morning now. Um, yeah. And it's typically the same. It's typically a version of eggs uh, and uh, so good. some form of a sandwich. Um, <laughs> but I think that's kind of been my new like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll sit here. I'll kind of decompress and get ready for the day. And that's yeah. kind of been my new, my new normal for, you know, as of right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, are there uh, other moments that were really popped out to you this episode where, uh, yeah. Where you saw ritual. Yeah. I mean, one of them, and, and this maybe is more an allusion to ritual than actually seeing illusion, uh, seeing ritual on the screen. But, um, you know, as, as our kind of heroic team uh, is hiding from the Fire Nation, they're in this cave. Um, and there's there's a couple moments where they gather around a fire. Um, you know, they're, they're planning, what should we do? They're, they're probably resting, they're eating. Um, but it reminded me that, you know, ritual activity gathering around fire you know singing dancing these are things that that predate our human capacity for language and so to some extent um it's important for me to focus on ritual and kind of practice behaviors because so often we think about religion and spirituality as being about what you believe um and for most of the world honestly outside of kind of protestant christianity ritual and, and and spirituality is about what you practice like what do you do um and so that moment when they're gathering around a, a fire um you know the community is coming together it's just this for me it was this kind of symbol of like yeah we we know how to do these things like it's in our bones it's in our certainly our cultural dna but even i 
I feel like something deeper um, in our in our genetic makeup of, of being human with social creatures. Um, so I just love that love that moment, that image of, of, you know, the people we love, the community gathering around a fire. I really think that's an interesting thought, because what I what came to mind is like, how do we turn like our everyday habits? Like, because I go to bed and I go to my room and I go to sleep in my bed and how do I turn that into something that yeah. where I, I'm giving that intention and attention instead of just letting it happen throughout my day. Um, it reminds me of the movie way back in the day, uh, Adam Sandler, uh, what is it? Click. Is that where he's able to fast forward through time and oh. he ends up fast forwarding through time and then he loses that time altogether because <gasps> he's only looking for the certain moments and it feels like ritual oh. helps you stay in the moment and mm. not fast forward through time. Does that make mm. sense at all? Oh, I love that. I need to see that movie. That sounds juicy. You, you, you <laughs> really don't. don't, don't you really it's bad. not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a fine to, to subpar movie, but the sentiment's great. Literally, <laughs> the value was being able to reference it in this conversation. You just already shed it. I love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite ways of, of, of definitely setting that intention and, and helping to pay attention is just literally giving words to what's happening. So, um, you know, if you think about getting into bed, you know, one of, one of the things you can just do is like maybe do like a little self-blessing and be like, may I sleep well tonight? Or like, may I rest and, and wake up in the morning refreshed, right? Like tiny little words like that can actually make a big difference. The, the thing that I do, and I do this in the shower in the morning, like I, I broke both my ankles. I had a big fall more than a decade ago. So I have to do some stretches in the morning. Um, so I do them when I'm in the shower. And one of the things I say to myself is um, I might die today. I just say that out loud and it sounds very grim and it sounds kind of like, you know, wh why would you want to remind yourself of, of your mortality? <laughs> but it's really a kind of a, a modern version of a memento mori, right? This little moment of, of reminding ourselves that we are mortal and that, that there yep. will be an end. And to some extent, of course, we're more reminded of that now than ever. But it, it's just a way of clarifying, oh, wait today's precious right like this hot water on my shoulders is is precious um and it, and it just kind of zooms in the lens kind of like that that click situation and you're like wait this ordinary moment is actually remarkable um and so for me that that moment happens in the shower um it, it's fun i've kind of experimented with things like this so when i put my moisturizer on in the morning i also say like today will be filled with joy and suffering and every day <laughs> it turns out to be true i literally had a day maybe like two months ago where i was like dude today's been just joy and then i got a really like unfortunate email like at 10 p.m and i was like oh there it is <laughs> it always finds you exactly um and as we're uh, when we're talking about characters that are looking for remarkable moments i want to talk about zuko as he's going to go yeah. uh, speak to his uncle because for the first two seasons, Uncle Iroh's been there to give him life lessons. Unrelenting and, support. And beautiful quotes and just nonstop mm. support and compassion. And then at the end of season two, Zuko does him dirty. and Well, he crosses a boundary, right? Yeah, that He's... was set like, you need to stop doing this, yeah. right? And wow. he crosses it. And now you can tell that Zuko's still searching for that normalcy. He's still searching for that wisdom and comfort. And... Yeah. The reaction from him when he does not get it is very visceral. Um, and you can tell yeah. he's just searching for those moments of connection. Um, and yeah. that to I'm, me is one of the most heartbreaking parts of this episode. 
Totally. And and you see him, you know, he comes back a second time having shouted at his uncle. He comes back a second time and brings some food. And he starts off in this kind of like, I'm sorry, conciliatory, you know. And even then when, when his uncle doesn't respond, he explodes in this rage. Um, and so he's he's clearly in this like volatile emotional state. And for me, the moment that touched me was was seeing the uncle who doesn't turn his back, right? He 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 stays facing against the wall, unwilling to look at Zuko. But you can see there's a tear in his eye because he he's suffering amidst this enforced kind of separation moment. Yeah, I, one of the one of the things that I think is really interesting is how intergenerational relationship can be such a um, a, a powerful way of unlocking our capacity. You know, sometimes you you actually you need someone else to see what you're capable of before you see it in yourself. Um, and I'm curious. Here, I mean. Here. I have no idea where, where the series will go, but I do hope we'll see some sort of reconciliation between uh, uncle and nephew. Do we ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's I, I encourage you to watch the whole series. It's, it's so it's, good. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, oh, cool. But it, the, Zuko's uh, story arc is considered one of the greatest redemption arcs in fiction. Um, Whoa. And so... Um, there's a there's, there's a lot hope for that us happens all. with him over yeah there's hope for us all um <laughs> Zuko's had a lot of trauma uh, that he's yeah. experienced throughout his life um yeah. but it's I think it how often are we searching for the miraculous uh in mm. the mundane right how often are mm. we looking for something to kind of show us that like there's purpose or value or a reason um mm. and looking for that sense of either belonging or connection or um anything to show that there's there's value to being here um yeah and so i wonder Are how that... ritual plays into that when you know because when you're working on those things within yourself are you more likely to see that out in the world mm, yeah well i'm curious like have there been kind of important uncle figures <laughs> in your lives like who've who've helped you kind of cross thresholds or maybe helped you see something in yourself that you hadn't hadn't seen before without mentors or, or teachers or elders in your life yeah oh 100 percent. absolutely uh you know i think of my fourth grade teacher mrs walker who i don't think i could have done anything to make her raise her voice at me she was always <laughs> incredibly compassionate uh and i probably deserved uh to probably oh, i'm sure you did reprimanded uh, <laughs> uh, frequently um, but I, I, nothing but empathy and compassion for her. And the juxtaposition to that was my fifth grade teacher was the exact opposite. Um, mm. and so it's, it's, it's incredible. The moments that you can latch onto from your past of the really meaningful and, um, mm. the ones who kind of take that away. But, um, I feel incredibly blessed to have supervisors, teachers, people that I was able to lean on over, uh, the last 30 years to, to help guide me to who I am today. Yeah. Ben, what about you? I have a very similar, like, I, it's interesting that the first thought that came to mind was all, like, all of my teachers, and certainly not all of them, but um, I can name all of my teachers from kindergarten to now, um, wow. and it's, it's they're all had some sort of impact on me, and some certainly had more impacts. Like, I still um, will get lunch every now and then with my eighth grade teacher, who was just wow. incredibly impactful in my life. And then I still will go back and volunteer at my high school um, to work with some of the teachers that I got to um, 
had the joy of learning from. So just teachers in this in this mode have such an impact and um, just makes me want to um, share a, some gratitude for all the teachers in my life, hmm. for sure. Hmm. One of my favorite kind of rituals to think about, because um, I always like to build on what people are already doing, is um is gratitude um because you know i think more and more of us are you know maybe we started a gratitude journal or, or, or the classic is around the thanksgiving dinner table right everyone shares what are you yep. grateful for um and it's for me what's so lovely is it's 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 really uh, an, an easy sell <laughs> in terms of ritual <laughs> right like maybe your parents can do it around the dinner table with kiddos you know it's 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 not a complex thing it's very approachable but it's amazing how powerful it can be you know when we when we bring to mind someone for whom we're grateful and we really just try and and, and be with them kind of in our mind's eye just for a few moments. You know, I, I think about all the people working in hospitals right now, you know, from, from surgeons to janitorial staff, just, uh, you know, the incredible hard and dangerous work that they're doing to keep us all safe. You know, if, if you really just allow yourself to sit in that gratitude, it transforms you. Uh, I, you know, I, I become more compassionate. I become more understanding. I become more empathetic. Um, and all I did was just focus on gratitude for a few moments and it becomes all the stronger, you know, if you write it down or if you say it out loud or if you, uh, if you act on it in some way by, by you know, whether it's a gift or, or something else, um, you know, th those simple rituals can really shift our, our mental state in very powerful ways. So I am really curious, uh, then because I think about doing that and that seems to be a very, um, vulnerable experience even yeah. just doing it with myself um, and not yeah. sharing it with anyone because it requires that I be willing to go to that place where I can admit that gratitude um, yeah. and admit that I am where I am in life. <laughs> yeah. um, and so what's your advice on that? Like, how do you grapple with that vulnerability and lean into that discomfort and in order yeah. to even get to the part where you can in, embrace the ritual? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And, you know, sometimes I, I definitely have had experiences. I remember as a, as a, I think I was maybe 15, maybe 16, um, and I had been living in a boys' boarding house um, in, in secondary school. I'd been, you know, away from my family in this very intense, you know, we already talked about <laughs> toxic masculinity. Like, that yeah. was a very intense experience as a, as a teenager, especially, you know, wrestling with my sexuality. Um and I remember I, I came to live back at home and um, I finally had my own room again. You know, I'd been sharing a bedroom with three other boys with, you know, slip knot posters and half naked models and like racing cars. And then my corner was like Agatha Christie novels and glitter <laughs> pens. you know, like I, I was really out of place. And so to, to, to be back in my in a room where I felt really safe, not not just physically, but psychologically safe, that this was just a place for me. I remember I kind of made up this <laughs> made up this ritual um, where I had these like essential oils and I kind of like massaged the air around my skin. I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm just feeling. And I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just burst into tears. And I, I think I just cried so much that afternoon because it was just this like the stress of like three years of living in this, you know, otherwise mostly fine boarding house, but it, 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 I just never felt safe while I was there. It was just so intense. And so all of that is to say, like, you're right. Like sometimes when we, when we do have the 
courage, right? When, when we're able to, to do something like this for the first time, it can really unlock something and that that's okay. That's really fine. Uh, my experience has been, and, and what I've understood from teachers is that the more frequently re we return to a practice like this, whether it's gratitude or, or meditation, right? The, the, the easier it becomes, or at least the more familiar it becomes. And so if it does, you know, sometimes awaken tears or if it, or sometimes it doesn't feel like much at all, um, we're not too worried about it, right? You're able to just experience it as it is without feeling overwhelmed by it or, 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 or frankly, underwhelmed by it sometimes because ritual doesn't always feel great. Um, so it's, I, I think, you know, if there's a moment when you can feel brave enough and, and maybe, you know, just take some time to, to build up that courage and say to yourself, okay, today is the day I'm going to try, um, try something new. Um, I think that's a, a beautiful way to be gentle with yourself, but also to allow yourself to, to experience what's really true, you know, what's really going on. Whew. Yeah. Chills. Um, I, mm. I just, those moments of, I just, I think for, for Ben and I, this podcast is a way of, of creating a container, I think for, or trying to create a container for those, um, yeah, those safety moments. Um, and I think, yeah, I, if there's a goal for for our listeners, it's how do we create the, that container for for others and in, in everything that we do. Um, well, and, that, and that's and that's what texts and stories have always been there for. You know, that's that's why I love what you're doing with the podcast because you know whenever we're talking about a text, and and I don't just mean books, I mean I mean movies, I mean even music, right? Like that sure we're interested in the story that's going on but really what's most interesting is how the story is a mirror for our own life and that we get to see things about ourselves and our own circumstance because we're looking so closely at the text um and you know like for me i, I was really p partly seeing <laughs> seeing this episode and feeling like oh wow you know um a little bit of the loss and the grief of <laughs> just seeing like the marketplace, <laughs> right? Yeah, like yes, just, yeah. just, just seeing people together. I was like, my gosh, you know, the, actually I just, I just missed that sense of sitting in a classroom and someone else being in charge and just like doing my homework, right? Like this, I, it, it always brings up the, you know, it's, it's, we're not just looking at a story that's other. We're looking at a story that's our own through the text. So I, I love that. That's what you're doing with the podcast. Well, we got about 10 minutes left, uh, and we want to be respectful of your time, and, and, but we always try to wrap up our episodes by looking at um, what is a weekly goal that we have going forward, but mm. we try to do it through a specific element. Um, and oh, so I love that. This week's element is fire. Yes. Um, no, sorry, air. It's air. It is air. Also, yes. Yes. <laughs> I messed up. Um and so, Ben, when you're thinking of the element air, what are some things that, that come up for you, um, just as we kind of recap this season, what air means when we say the element of air? Yeah, so, I mean, Aang's an airbender, and I think about all the things that he can do with that. He can fly, he can uh, push out huge gusts behind him as a defense, he can shoot himself mm. into the air, and he can, uh, he can even float on an air bubble and ride around like a little go-kart. And there's just so many things you can do, and... Part of me questions like the ritual around his bending and the ritual around like his everyday things, which to me seem extraordinary. And so what I'm feeling called to do is think of the moments in my life that are ordinary that other people might see as extraordinary and then to feel gratitude towards them and mm. kind of create some um, 
these moments of ritual where I can appreciate these ordinary moments that I may not appreciate now, but if I take the time to dive in, I might be able to sense that a little bit more. That's what comes up for me when I think about air and ritual. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think for mm. me, I, when I think of ritual, I think of air being a tool and similar to, to ritual being a tool. Um, mm. It can be used in a way to, they can power windmills and provide energy, but it can also tear down houses if it's not harnessed yeah. correctly or if there's, and so how do we use rituals uh, and, and really focus on the intention of the rituals that we're um, doing to make sure that we're using those tools in a way that's going to be to mm. a benefit to others and ourselves. Um, and when, when we have these rituals, I think is what I feel called to do in my upcoming mm. week. Casper, uh, mm. what about you? You know, I was so struck that that um, the very I think the episode opens with everyone kind of floating in on this cloud. So I'm guessing he's airbending to make a cloud. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, he's got he's got to hide the bison because uh, it's a flying bison is as a spectacle. It's pretty nation. obvious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking about you know right now so many of us are, are being uh, staying indoors as we should, um, and I live in the middle of Brooklyn, New York. I'm in, in the middle of the city, so we don't have a, a yard or, or a garden or anything like that. Um, but what I do have is I can look at the sky, um, and so I'm thinking about how you know especially over the coming week when it, when I feel like trapped or like I, I can't do the things I want to do or frustrated to to try and like raise my eyes to to you know to the sky and and to spot a cloud somewhere um you know that can be a little a little mindful moment of, of cloud spotting um and just to remember you know like the clouds moving across the sky this time will also move and uh, who knows if we'll return to you know in quotes normal but we certainly will be able to to return to a different life um so that's what i'm gonna try and hold on to that really just reminds me of the moments when i was a child where i would go outside right? and just lay in the grass and stare right? up and you know i had a, a quote from my one of my previous supervisors who i love dearly who like gave me a really beautiful compliment once where i was like really i got really excited about bubbles and <laughs> she <laughs> essentially was like you're you're like that's that's so childlike and you mm. are really that's something that i really appreciate about you and how you always mm. appreciate those the things that seem normal because i don't i'm like who cares about a bubble right. <laughs> and when i heard that i still like i still think about that every couple of days it comes up for me i'm like i'm not appreciating bubbles enough and mm. that's what your um goal this week reminds me of is like i need mm. to remember to appreciate the bubbles in the sky yeah. <laughs> so many mm. things to be grateful for that we got to practice more gratitude certainly um but that's fantastic thank you for sharing that casper and, and thank you for being on the show oh my god uh we're, we're, so it, is, it is coming to an end you are uh you, you have a, an invite whenever you want one. Oh yeah um, oh, thank you we'll happily steal <laughs> max's microphone and give it to you <laughs> sorry um, max <laughs> uh but thank, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for uh, for being here and doing this with us. Um, and just again, to shout out your book, uh, where can they find it? What's it called? Uh, and you all the good info that comes with that. 
All the good info. Yeah, it's called The Power of Ritual, and you can find it at powerofritual.org, which will link you to all the different places where you can buy it. Um, and it's available in, in audio and ebook, of course, as well. And uh, this summer, you know, depending on, on how much we're allowed to travel or not, um, we'll either be touring 20 cities across the US um, for the book with the Harry Potter podcast, um, or we'll be doing uh, online live shows for each individual city. So if you want to learn more, you can check out the, the live shows as well. I'm pretty certain that I pre-ordered your book before it was up for pre-order on Amazon. And, <laughs> and when you said, I remember like vividly when you were like, yeah, it goes up for pre-order. I was like, oh no, I said I already pre-ordered it. Did I pre-order the wrong book? And turns out they just had it up early. But anyway. <laughs> they just had it up early. Yeah, you were, you were, you were in on the secret pre-pre-order just for yeah. like very special people. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal or anything, y'all, but... Well, thank you all so much. Thank you, Casper, uh, for being here. And, and thank you all for listening. Remember, you can follow us at BNB underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you would like to support us, uh, patreon.com backslash the arc of E. Um, and as little as a dollar a month uh, can get you bonus content and, and a bunch of episodes from our host site, the arc of E network. Um, but uh, thank you all so much for everything that you do and, and showing up each week virtually to listen um but casper thank you again for being here and i'm so grateful oh it was so cool uh, listen uh, thank you so much for having me and thanks for creating this beautiful podcast in the world and you know for everyone listening uh you know that know that these gents are, are working hard to create this every week so support them if you can i love them more now <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm sunshine mayfield this has been pruitt and this has been bending not breaking thank you all so much for listening Thank you.